broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. And here we go. Raider Nation, welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Monday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila in Bahadur. We told you uh, that it was going to get pretty busy really quickly uh, here uh, this week as free agency has unofficially, officially, officially, unofficially, unofficially, officially opened uh, today, um, and the Raiders uh, have been busy, uh, no question about it. You wanted a pass rusher? Uh, you wanted the Raiders to make an improvement on the defensive line. Uh, they heard you. Uh, they knew that. Gus Bradley knows that. Uh, and they made a big splash uh, today, just within the last hour or so. Uh, Yannick Ngagwe is coming to the Raiders. Two years, $26 million. I can confirm that. Uh, both. Uh, the signing will become official on Wednesday when uh, uh, free agency officially opens up. Um, of course, right now is the legal tampering uh, window uh, that the NFL opens up. Basically, what happens is you're allowed to talk and consummate deals um, beginning at 9 a.m. this morning, uh, California time or Pacific Coast time. Um, but you couldn't, you can't make it official. Like you can't literally sign the contract until Wednesday, the start of the league year, and that's an important. It's 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 not just. You know, uh, a fake arbitrary uh, number when we talk about the officialness of it, because there's teams that are signing players right now. Uh, whether it's you know applying the free agent or the uh, franchise tag to some of their players, or, or consummating trades or deals or whatever the case might be, free agent deals that are technically over the cap as we speak. So, in order for those deals to to really become official, like happen, they're going to have to be in line, um, you know, with the uh, with with the salary cap uh, by the opening of the business day on Wednesday. That's when the new league year starts, March seventeenth. So, any deals that you make, any anything that you do between now and then, um, you have to be at or under the salary cap on Wednesday. So, there's there's teams that might be quote unquote making moves right now. Uh, but they're still going to have to make some moves. A lot of these teams, the Raiders aren't one of them, uh, to get to, to move money around in order to be able to be under the cap. So uh, just keep that in mind. That's why you know we kind of wink, wink at this at this this time of year where or uh, th- this particular day where you're uh, agreeing to and consummating uh, deals, but not official because again, uh, there's teams that right now are agreeing to deals with players, but they still need to get under that salary cap in the eyes of the NFL. So we'll see where all that is headed. But hey, uh, without question, a big day for the Raiders today um, on the opening of free agency. Um, you know, we've talked about this so much uh, in terms of the Raiders needing to improve their pass rush. They had 21 sacks last year, um, and that was 29th in the NFL. I mean, you look at 29th in the NFL in sacks, 29th in the NFL on points given up. Yeah, I can see a correlation uh, between those two numbers. I'm not sitting here and saying that you know sacks are the end-all, be-all, uh, but usually where there's smoke, there's fire, and if the fire is not happening, the smoke's not happening. So if you're not actually sacking the quarterback at a high rate, you're usually not getting to the quarterback at a high rate, and that's the most important part of all is getting to the quarterback. Uh, the Raiders just simply weren't able to do that. And I, when I go back to sacks, and by the way, uh, Yannick Ngagwe, first five years of his career, has 45 and a half sacks. And that included a weird year last year uh, where um, 
you know, uh, the season kind of got off on the wrong foot or, or basically everything that was leading up to the season got off on the wrong foot with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They just had a major falling out. He was a third-round pick in, in 2016, had his best years uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but there was a falling out, um, and it was very public, and it uh, got uh, fairly, you know, ugly, I guess you could say. Um, so the, so uh, he basically forced his way out of town. So he ends up getting traded to the Minnesota Vikings in late August, and you know, let me let me let me stop right there. Before we start thinking, and I start getting callers. Oh, he must be a bad apple. Oh, he must be a bad dude. Listen, it's a two way street um, <clears throat> in professional sports. And yes, I understand that players are under contract, uh, but there's teams are are also under an obligation to hold up their end of the bargain, whether it's how you deal with the player, how you're building the team. Uh, if Put yourself in Yannick Ngagwe's shoes. Here's a guy um, who's who just saw talent leave out the door left and right uh, while he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I, you know, you're talking about Jalen Ramsey, um, Deck, uh, uh, Fowler, uh, the, 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 uh, the defensive end, rush end defense, uh, defensive end, um, the, the running back, Leonard Fournette, uh, there's there's a couple of guys that are missing, um, but it was just like a nonstop uh, departure of players, and you know he kind of got fed up. He kind of got fed up. I'm sure it was a money thing. I'm sure that it was like, where are we going with this? What's the direction? So I wouldn't be so quick to because of player expresses himself himself and expresses his anger. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't you know uh, just put that strictly on the player. I, look, Jalen Ramsey said what he had to say to get out of Jacksonville. I met him, dealt with him when I was covering the Rams. Loved the dude. Uh, in terms of somebody to cover, you know, I felt like he was Fort Wright and um, you know just a, a generally good dude. So be careful what you read and what you hear and making uh, characterizations based on that. Sometimes, like I said. Uh, it's on the team. It's on the players. Sometimes it's not what it might seem, and you, we always sometimes you know guy, people always make it out to be like some of these players are selfish and they're bad apples. Sometimes they are, but I don't think that's the case here. And it certainly wasn't with Jalen Ramsey. The Jacksonville Jaguars uh, pretty much screwed that whole thing up, and um, so it was to me it was more on the team than it was on him. So hey, look, obviously got a whole bunch of calls. Uh, to get to, because uh, I know Raider Nation is fired up, as they should be. We're going to go to Ruben uh, first up. Wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Ruben? Ruben? That's okay, because we got a whole bunch of other calls uh, coming in. Chris in Santa Barbara wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Chris? Hey, how you doing, Vinny? Uh, you do a great job on the show. I just want to say thank you for keeping us up to date in this crazy time. Hey, I just had a quick question for you. Um, and Gakwe, now that we signed him, do you think we move Farrell into the middle, or what do you feel about that? I mean, I know he's, he's talented against the pass, but I'm just feeling like against the run, I'm not really sure. I just kind of want to get your feedback on that. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, Cleve Farrell ain't going nowhere. Well, look, in known passing situations in certain sets, yeah, you could move Cleve Farrell inside, but that dude's the starting defensive end. He's an anchor uh, on on uh, on the right side of the of, of the Raiders' defense, and make no mistake about that. I, I've been seeing some of that on Twitter where you know people are thinking either you just move him inside full time or or you line up Ngagwe opposite Max Crosby. I don't see it playing out that way um, because you need somebody that's going to be stout against the run, and that's exactly what Clee Farrell does on a down-in and down-out basis. Uh, Max Crosby has a lot of work to do uh, uh, in terms of stopping the run and also in terms of consistently generating uh, heat off the edge. Uh, he has some nice... Uh, numbers in certain areas, 
you know, the sacks jump out at you, but play in and play out, he needs to do more in a lot of different areas. And I think that this, to me, you got Clee Farrell on one end and Yannick Ngagwe on another. And I think that's a really good young tandem with a guy like Max Crosby coming off the bench as a pass rush specialist. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. There's a lot of guys that have made a lot of money uh, doing that. Now, there's certain situations where, like you said, uh, Chris, where you can move Klee inside and maybe have Ngagwe line up outside of him, or maybe Max Crosby comes in outside of him uh, to maximize as many good pass rushers as you could possibly can in certain downs and distances. But but no, um, I, 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 I don't quite understand where the divide is here, because a lot of fans just seem to think that Max Crosby is a superior player to Cleve Farrell. Cleve Farrell is, I, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to seem like I'm putting Max Crosby down because I think he's a really good football player and, and a really good uh, help to a, to a defense in certain roles. But Max Crosby, I mean, uh, Cleve Farrell is a really good football player. Uh, it's and, and and he he just does so many things that you have to have happen uh, to be a good defensive line. Things that Max Crosby doesn't do. So anyway, um, just hopefully people are listening. I don't know where that mistake is about Cleve Farrell, and especially as it relates to Max Crosby. Cleve Farrell is a down in, down out. You don't have to take him off the field other than to rest him type of a player because he plays all assets uh, facets of the game. Max Crosby, uh, I think, is more of a kind of a specialist kind of guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. You want a deep, versatile defensive line, and I think bringing in Ngagwe helps you get to that point. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. By the way, uh, thanks for the call, Chris. Um, uh, Madro is on the line, wants to talk about the Raiders. How are you doing, Madro? I think that, uh, you know, it was a really nice defensive pickup, but for no other reason then you can never have enough good defensive linemen and offensive linemen. I also like that you show so much love to Clee because, to tell you the truth, he's probably the best defensive player we have at this time. Um, but the real reason I'm calling, actually, is uh, on the Aguilar going to New England. Um, if nothing else, we kind of learned today that I think Bill Belichick is going kind of insane in that Tom Brady leaves and wins the Super Bowl. And now all the controversy in Boston as to who really was the genius in New England, because $13 million a year. I mean, he, Aguilar may have been our number one, but I don't, I'm not even really sure that he is a number one. You know, maybe a number one A or number one B. But we got some good young ones coming up, and so if we get a little bit of veteran presence at a at a lower uh, price, we should be fine. Well, look, put it this way: uh, the um, the Patriots are getting Algalar for the same amount of money that the Raiders just got in Gagwe. I, I exactly. mean, and I like, yeah. Now, now. Um, we always have to look at, especially in this case, I have to look at the fine print because two years, $26 million might not actually be two years, $26 million. It could be up to $26 million. I just, I, it, to, to think that Nelson's going to be getting, averaging $13 million a year here, I'd have to see what the signing bonuses look like. I have to see how the payout uh, is structured. But that's, that's, there's no way that if I'm yeah, the Raiders, we'll, I would have we'll matched that, that off. But like I said, I, I think Brady really got into Belichick's head. <laughs> yeah, no and doubt. Now, now, um, also, it's it's it's, and I wrote about this. It was, it was watching, you know, the uh, the the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback by Tom Brady win the Super Bowl. 
plus sixty sixty nine million dollars <laughs> under the salary cap. So he, yeah, they, there wasn't just motivation. There was there was a means to burn through that money. Yeah. So, and, but they are burning through it. That's funny part. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. question about it. Now you know if you're you know they they bring back Cam Newton. Um, they, they also made the great addition on the tight end, uh, one of the, one of the better tight That's ends true. in the league. So, you know, I mean, if you're going to follow even just the Raiders formula, where you have Aguilar working out of the um, out of the slot um, and playing opposite, you know, uh, there were a lot of times where Darren Waller and Aguilar lined up on the same side of the field and it was a pretty good matchup for the Raiders and I'm sure that's right. what the Patriots are going to try doing too. So, well, you know, you know, there's one other thing too, you know, speaking of Cam Newton and, and the Patriots, uh, I still think there's a possibility and of course this is if Belichick is thinking straight at all. You know, Marcus Mariota, at least at this time in the league, is a far superior quarterback to former MVP Cam. And I love Cam Newton. I loved his game. But he is so beat up. Uh, Mariota's got a better arm at this time. And Mariota's actually more mobile than Cam Newton, who used to be amazing. And yeah, so it's, not a bad, it's actually not a bad call right there. Um, yeah. uh, and, and like you, I, 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 like, I like Cam as well. Uh, I thought the referees did a number on him by allowing him to just be a punching bag out there at times. Yeah, he, he got some, he just got the stuff kicked out of him. Yeah, exactly. And that stuff it takes a toll. It takes a toll. Um, you know, now before uh, COVID last year, um, he was playing pretty good. It that I think it took a toll on him and it set him back a little bit. So um, now that you have a little bit more, you know, a few more weapons around him, uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, you know, hope for the best for Nelson. He was really a pleasure to work with. I go back to to dealing with him when he was at college at USC. Uh, so same thing there. Uh, but you know, from the Raiders' perspective, there's no way that they were going to pay him uh, that much money. It just it just it didn't it didn't make sense uh, for them. Now that opens the door for Henry Ruggs to do a little bit more. Opens the door for Brian Edwards. And there's going to be on that second level of free agency. There's going to be just like there was with Nelson Aguilar last year. I can remember. You know, reporting when 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 Nelson Aguilar signed, they were like, "What Nelson Aguilar? What's that all about?" And then the next thing you know, he has a great year. So there's 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 talent out there, and in this system that John Gruden runs, and with uh, a quarterback like Derek Carr, who has the ability to really be accurate and get the ball where it needs to get to, it's definitely uh, at this point um, a wide receiver. Uh, 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 fun kind of an offense. So uh, uh, thanks for the call. Uh, we're going to go back out to the Raider uh, Nation le- uh, listener uh, line. Uh, Dijon uh, wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, brother? Hey, I'm good. How you doing, man? Doing really good, thank you. That's good. Yeah, I just got a quick question, man. I need, I need a little bit of hope, man, because uh, I really did like Nelson Aguilar. And um, I, I know we're going to get the defense straight, but do you, do you think that we're going to sign – uh, a receiver in the caliber because I know we have them and I know Derek Carr can't push the ball. Like Renfro had 600 yards, you know, and um, we, we Derek Carr can't do it. Do you think there can be another receiver that we get? Hopefully, Galladay. Um, for that first question, and the second question is I know it's, it's not legal, kind of, but do you think the defense already has like the playbook so we can get things going underway? Or do you, is that like a thing that they? do secretly in the NFL? I don't know how that all works. I don't think you're, no, I don't think you're allowed to have the defensive playbook uh, just yet. But um, 
but I think you're allowed to have conversations and talk on the phone, you know. Um, so, uh, and and I, I you know, uh, and, and if that is the case, which I believe that to be the case, um, I can almost guarantee you that Gus Bradley has been on the phone, you know, with 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 his players, uh, you know, uh, prepping them on what to expect and um, you know motivating them. He's tremendous at that. Um, so, so, uh, I don't know if they have the, the, the actual, uh, uh, playbook. I doubt it. I don't think you're allowed to do that just yet. Uh, but, but by all signs seem to be pointing to some sort of an off season, some sort of a regular off season. Um, so there should be plenty of time, uh, to, to get the defense installed and, and to, and to be able to, be, you know, uh, be a much further ahead, uh, this year compared to last year when there was no uh, off season, so uh, you know they're off to a good start um, right now. And uh, I, I think getting in Gogway, it was imperative that they addressed the defensive line in my blueprint. I had them going. I had them uh, uh, making a big splash uh, at defensive tackle um, and not defensive end. I thought that in Gogway, to be per- perfectly frank with you. Um, there wouldn't have been the be with with the money uh, the way it was in terms of the salary cap. I, I didn't think that there was a chance that they were going to be able to. Uh, I thought he was going to make more. Two years, twenty six million dollars. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, that is a uh, a, a really good uh, signing right there, right there for the Raiders. Now you can, you know, uh, I had them um, going after Dalvin Tomlinson from the New York Giants. If you can now. Go get a Dalvin Tomlinson at defensive tackle um, to 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 uh, you know help now and and to round out that defensive line. You can really go into the draft um, looking at you know whether you want to go for the a tackle now in a deep tackle class. Um, there's there it just but it's predicated on them getting Dalvin Tomlinson or a comparable uh, defensive lineman. But but now they're they're in the in in the. Uh, it's possible because because what they spent for Ngagwe was not bank breaking whatsoever. We're going to go back out uh, to the to the Raider uh, Nation listener line. Rich is on the line. Wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Rich? What's up, Vinny? How's it going? Doing really good. Thanks. Hey, um, uh, first of all, I just, I just want to say uh, everybody send their prayers out for Obi Wan Raider. He's not doing too good, so everybody just pray for him. And all right, I second that, brother. I second that. And then um, uh, on the Cleve Farrell thing, I, um, well, when you when Seattle had their defense going, they had a five tech on their four three. It was a, it was four three over. It was basically a thirty four defense, but uh, uh, kind of like if you really look at it, it was kind of uh, a lot like uh, the front was like USC's old front. I do, I do see um, Clee playing, but instead of a three, it's more of a five. Right. You know yep. what I mean? And then, and maybe Crosby outside of him, and then Yannick either standing up or or with his hand on the, in the ground, kind of like how Cushing used to do it. So it, it, I, I think they're all three of them are going to play at the same time. No question about it. And and um, and it's gonna um, it's good. With Cleve playing that five tick, and that that also using him at his strengths, you know, um, I think I think it's going to help out a lot because you're going to have uh, Clee and basically a, a big, almost almost a nose, right, controlling the defensive line, and the other three coming after the passer. So I I I, I really like the signing, and but also at the same time. That means Giannis gonna have to have the 
dropping pat, you know, dropping coverage, or maybe Max is going to have to drop in coverage from time. You know, to time. And, and that's an interesting point uh, because you know I talked to some general managers when 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 um, uh, the uh, the Rams defensive coordinator was in tra- the former Rams defensive coordinator who ran a, a, a four three. Um, uh, Phillips, uh, Wade Phillips was interested in the, uh, in, in the Rams defensive, uh, coordinator job. Um, I talked to some general managers about, Hey, could you utilize, uh, um, you know, max up as a, uh, as a traditional three, four defensive end. Uh, and they felt like he, he would fit perfectly in that kind of a role. Kind of like a, uh, the, the, the comp that I use was Connor Barwin, uh, who was a four-three defensive end in Houston when Wade got there, and then he converted him to a three-four defensive end upright uh, for the most part. Sometimes he put his hand on the ground, but a lot of times he was up. Most of the time he was up, uh, rushing the passer, and also at times dropping back in pass coverage. And as it turns out, you know he was athletic enough. And, and interestingly, Carner Barwin came to Los Angeles to play for uh, Bum or Wade uh, in twenty. 2017. I remember talking to him, and uh, he he played basketball in high school, so he had that athletic ability. I know I haven't talked to Max about this, but I would imagine he's got some hoops in his background where because there's an there's there's an athletic ability to him um, that you can see him now being able to be used in multiple ways, and that's one thing that Gus Bradley does. Everybody hears. Uh, you know the four three defense, and just think four defensive linemen with their hand in the ground. That's not always the case. You know they, he does a lot of different things, lines up guys in a lot of different ways, upright in hand in the ground. Uh, so you're going to see a lot of creative things. And I think Max Crosby is a guy that he's going to be able to utilize in a lot of different ways. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line, Gangster Raider is on the line. How you doing, Gangster Raider? I'm doing I'm doing better now since the Raiders mm-hmm. include all that cap money. And we actually did make a um, signing, especially for the defensive line. I like them going to get Yannick. And I have been hearing about it since early this morning, but then I have been getting conflicting reports that we didn't sign them. And so I didn't know if it was true till like about 30 minutes ago. And then I said, let me, with what Vinny said, and I know it's for real. So I'm glad we got that out the way. And I want to say what's up to Donald Penn, because he retired as a Raider today, even though he won the ring somewhere else. He came back and retired as a Raider. That's um, gangster to me, like him and Charles Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Once a Raider, always a Raider. And I want to say what's up to um, Marvelous Margaret Hagler. Rest, rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully we'll go get a linebacker. And what you think about bringing Earl Thomas in since he was in Gus Bradley's system before and he's still available, right? Uh, yeah, I'd have to see what um, what Earl, you know, uh, is, is, is all about uh, at this point. Um you know, in his career, if he even wants to, I haven't heard that name in a while now, so I'm not quite yeah, think sure. About it. We, um, we bring him here next to Abrams and get um, Sherman too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, think that's. I mean, you know, I can't, 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 can't rule that. Uh, can't rule that out. Um, I'm looking at that safety population though. Anthony Harris is still out there. Um, you know, I, my guy was John Johnson, but um, how much does he know, want though? Don't he want a lot of money? Harris? Anthony Harris. Yeah. Hey, they all want a lot of money, <laughs> you know. John Johnson just signed for for what was it? Three years, thirty three million dollars. Uh, I he got less yeah. than I thought he was going to get. Um, yeah, you know, you too. just yeah, you just saw what uh, Ngagwe two years, twenty six million dollars. Um, you know, it's a buyer's market, um, and and between you know the free agents that we're talking about right here, that uh, you know that, that whose contracts are literally running out come Wednesday. 
Um, you you also have that flood of players that that uh, hit the open market are, and are will continue to do so because remember, uh, gangster gangster um, teams are signing players right now or are coming to terms with players right now. But in order to make those signings official for some of these teams, they have to they still have to make moves to get under the cap to make it official. Like they're just mm-hmm. agreeing to terms right now. Um, when they put pen to paper on Wednesday, it has to be in accordance to the salary cap. So there's guys that, you know, like the Rams are losing a bunch of players right now, right? But they're still not under the salary cap. Like none of the players that they've lost thus far were players that were counting against their salary cap. They still have players. They're $33 million over the cap. They still have have players that they have to restructure or are literally going to lose here in the next day or so. Uh, as they try to get under the salary cap, so keep an eye on who they cut, you know that type of thing, and that's that's the case for other teams around the league. So this is a pretty deep free agency class, um, and and it, it it behooves the Raiders to be patient. Now, in a case like in Gogway, where two years, twenty six million dollars, you jump on that. Uh, I can't see that Anthony Harris is going to you know make more than John Johnson if he thinks that he's going to, and it, I, he should have been. Somebody would have already paid him that. If he thinks that he's a superior player um, and he thinks that he was going to get that, that more money than John Johnson, well, it hasn't happened yet, and Johnson's already signed. So that probably tells you uh, where, where he is. So you know, we'll see, we'll see where his uh, market goes, but that's a guy that I would keep an eye on uh, for the Raiders yeah, at this one point. One more thing, Vinny. Yep. Instead, of, um, instead of worrying about extending Carr, I say we extend Waller. Right now, before he gets too expensive, before you know, for us to afford, we have to end up trading in the future. I say we extend him now, give him close to Kelsey money, or at least a dollar, like a dollar less or a dollar more than Kelsey, and that's cheap right now compared to what it's going to be in like a year or two. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I think I think that would happen like after all the dust settles. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, at some point his agent's going to be saying, "Hey, you know," and I I felt like his agent. They may have rushed into it a little bit. I know, given where he was coming from, um, you know, he wanted to get paid ASAP and rightfully so. But you know, had he waited just a little bit longer, uh, he'd be in line for a huge payday. But as it turns out, with COVID, you know, um, uh, rearing its ugly head and affecting the salary cap the way it did, it might have been better that he did wait, get the money up front that he got, put out another couple of good years, and then come back knocking on the door and saying, "Hey, what's fair is fair." Uh, we're we're overplaying we're we're overpaying the contract by a lot right now. Uh, overplaying the contract by a lot right now might be time to sit down and talk. Uh, you know, given all these new tight end deals, uh, we'll see about that as well. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. Keep the calls coming on a big day for the Raiders. They addressed their defensive end position. They got some pass rush help to help that defensive line. And as somebody pointed out on Twitter, don't rule out David Irving, too, uh, as a defensive tackle prospect. The Raiders have all of a sudden have some intriguing pass rush players now uh, on that defensive line. And that's where it all starts in Gus Bradley's new defense. We'll talk to you on the other side. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. What up, what up, what up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. On a busy, 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 busy Monday, uh, you're in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Uh, the Raiders got their pass rusher, Yannick Ngagwe. Uh, you know, go back to last year. Remember, uh, the Raiders were in on 
uh, in Gagwe. Um, but uh, the training, um, you know, the, 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 they were they were looking at trade. Sorry about that. Uh, got got another text. It's I'm just letting you guys know that there will be times where I pause. Uh, because I'm still working uh, on my day job uh, covering the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review Journal, and the texts are coming in uh, like crazy. Uh, so information could be breaking as we uh, are on the air. So if I if I get distracted or get paused, could be the sign that something big uh, is happening. Uh, just just uh, be aware of that. I apologize, but hey, you know, uh, if it helps you guys, Raider Nation, Raider fans, with some good news, uh, I'm sure I'm sure you'll be okay with that. But anyway. Uh, big signing in Yannick Ngagwe. I still think the Raiders are going to address defensive tackle, uh, whether it's in the draft or through free agency. There's some really good uh, uh, interior defensive linemen um, out there, and uh, I keep an eye on Dalvin Tomlinson. I think that if you can if you can bring in uh, Dalvin uh, to play alongside or with Ngagwe and Klee and Max Crosby um, and Maurice Hurst, uh, all of a sudden that defensive line goes from you know, uh, a question mark to a huge strength. But before we get to all that, I want to welcome in our next guest, guest on the Raider Nation guest line, uh, my good friend and teammate over at the Las Vegas Review Journal, Sam Gordon. Uh, Sam, we seem to talk a lot on Mondays, and today there's definitely some breaking news. Uh, Yannick Ngagwe is a uh, Raider, and um, I think it, it, it's the first in a series, I think, of, of moves defensively. Uh, to, to fortify this defense and get it up to uh, to speed to help what's turned out to be a really good defense. How you doing, Sam? And, and uh, your initial thoughts on the signing of Ngagwe? Doing good, Vinny. Uh, appreciate you having me. Hope uh, I hope your fingers are okay from, from all the texts. <laughs> Been doing an awesome job for us uh, with everything these first few hours. So great job. I want to get that out of the way first. Thank you. Appreciate but, that. Um, now this is money signing, Vinny. It's money signing. It's exactly what the doctor ordered for the Raiders. It's exactly what they needed. Uh, he's a guy who, on all five year, five of his NFL seasons, minimum eight sacks. He had 12 sacks in 2017, and there's a familiarity with Gus Bradley, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars connection. So, uh, it's it, it's it's an excellent start um, for the Raiders. Uh, they 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 like you touched on um, while you were bring, bringing me in. He fills a need. He fills an immediate need, and by virtue of of having a legitimate, productive pass rusher, somebody that you can depend on to to make plays. Um, somebody that's been a part of good defenses in his career. Now that you have him in the fold, like, like we talk about, the trickle-down effect. He makes the other defensive linemen better. He makes the linebackers better. And if your pass rush improves, that automatically makes your secondary better. So I thought it was a, a – they, they got a player at a position of need, and they got him at fair value, I thought. Um, $13 million per uh, reported, two for 26. Is it right? That's what you reported? So. Yep. Around around those figures, it's it's super affordable. Uh, it's not long term, so it gives them flexibility in a couple of years in case something happens, and it also gives him flexibility uh, to to get another deal it, later in his prime. But he's he's 25 years old, going to be 26 uh, later this month, and a lot of great football ahead of him. And it, it looks like some of it, anyways, is going to be in the silver and black. I think it's a great move and a great way to set the tone for what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, just looking at uh, Adam Schefter's uh, tweet from a little while ago, uh, but the Rams, t- to put it in perspective, um, the Rams are given, uh, uh, and the Rams who went into free agency $33 million uh, over the cap, uh, they're, they're re-signing Leonard Floyd uh, to a four-year $64 million uh, contract. Now, don't run with the $64 million. I have a feeling there's some Taysom Hill um, s- a situation going on here. 
because uh, the Raiders desperate or the Rams desperately need to get under the cap. But it looks like the, he got a, a nice little payday. I have to see what all the details look like. But let's just say on the off chance that four years, sixty-four million dollars is correct. Uh, you know, I think if you're the Raiders, you'd rather have um, you know Yannick Ngagwe at two years, twenty-six million dollars. Yeah, I think so too. And, and just um, they, they, I think you know, one of the things about about signing Nagakwe early and getting that out of the way is that they really got to um, got to negotiate before the market was really set and before the market uh, really, you know, before you saw some some bigger and bigger numbers. Yeah, there's been a lot of wheeling and dealing before this, but given that he is, you know, again a Pro Bowl caliber player, that's 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 found a team. And in this case, obviously the Raiders. Um, this free early in free agency, I think it's advantageous um, for the Raiders. And again, advantageous. I mean, if you're Nagakwe, right, you, you come to a, a great situation where you're going to be a focal point, a, a leader on the defense, um, one of the key pieces, and then you play well in a couple of years and, and you can go out and get more money. So um, really a, a perfect fit, and uh, I, I really think he's going to do big things for the rest of the unit. And curious now to see, I mean, like you said, it's, it, it's not a surprise you're addressing defense. The defense was an issue last year. Um, that was a problem, and, and it's not a surprise that they addressed this first. And, and curious to see what they do now to build that thing out. But but just just having him on the roster makes everybody around him better, makes the other units better, makes his fellow defensive linemen better, and is a, it's a big time start. It's, it's what it's what the Raiders need. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and before we get off uh, in, uh, the Ngagwe signing, how do you see him fitting in? Uh, I, see, I see him fitting in fantastic. Right. I mean, this probably moves you. I would imagine this moves Max Crosby into a kind of a secondary role as maybe a, a pass rush specialist with with Cleveland Farrell remaining on the other side. And uh, it gives you it gives you an opportunity to, to 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 mix it up a little bit to keep guys keep Crosby fresh. Crosby can obviously still play um, a lot of snaps because that's what he's done the last couple of years. So he can you can find out a way to balance those guys, um, those two in particular, along with Farrell. Maybe find a nice rotation where everybody's fresh and you have a a legitimate pass rushing threat on the field at all times. So um, it feels it feels to me like an excellent fit. And uh, and then, uh, you know, I really like what Big Mo Hurst does in the middle too. I think he had, had a really underrated year and was one of the most effective defenders on the team and, and really productive in a, in a lot of ways. And when he got banged up, I think you saw how that affected the defense there towards the end of the season. So having him back in the fold and healthy, um, I, I really like that combination together. And, and again, the trickle-down effect that it has with Crosby. Him, uh, he, you know, he had his, his struggles, especially in the run at times. There's no doubt about that. But when he can focus on just getting after the passer, we saw during his rookie season that he can make plays and make plays in, in the backfield and, and make plays at the quarterback. So um, the, the all-around defense, just with that one move, it, it got a lot better today. I think it's a great fit, and I think he's going to fit in well. We're talking to Sam Gordon, my teammate over at the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can follow him at by Sam Gordon. Uh, the way free agency works is you win some, you lose some. Uh, you bring guys in, you lose guys, uh, and that was certainly the case for the Raiders today. Uh, they bring in Yannick Ngagwe, the much needed defensive end, but in the process, uh, they lose um, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar. Uh, he goes to the um, New England Patriots, two years, twenty-six million dollars. It looks like, uh, and again, uh, read the fine print before we uh, go crazy on these picks. But uh, it looks like, um, you know, for the price that they got in Gogway, they lost um, Nelson. I'm kind of surprised by the money that uh, the Patriots gave him, but they had a lot of money to spend. Um, and he's a good player. What are your thoughts on the Raiders uh, uh, letting Nelson Aguilar walk out the door? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. It's they're going to miss him in that offense. I, mean, I don't think there's any doubt about that. He had a, a career year um, by a number of metrics, was among the league leaders in yards per catch, uh, big plays down the field. 
I thought he really, really found a nice groove there, especially at the end of the year. Really nice chemistry with Derek Carr. And um, they seem to have a really special thing going with that deep connection. And, and the Raiders were um, very effusive in their praise of, of, of Nelly throughout the course of the year. That's what they call him, Nelly, uh, of Nelson Aguilar throughout the course of the year and, and for what he brought to the table. And um, there was definitely public, um, ringing public endorsement, including by Mike Mayock a couple weeks ago, who said that, you know, they, that how much they love Nelson Aguilar, but financially, um, that's great money. That's that is big time money that he got in in um, New England. Certainly more than I expected them to get. And, and for the Patriots, it really makes a lot of sense. Uh, we saw the Patriots how much they struggled last year when they with without Brady and with Cam Cam Newton and trying to adjust to a new situation with with no OTAs, no tra- you know shortened training camp, all these things. And then on top of that. The, the skill position players weren't they didn't help, they didn't do him any favors just like they didn't do Brady in any favors in 2019 so I think he immediately makes um, the Patriots offense better along with the Johnny Smith who they brought in today and as far as the Raiders are concerned now it, it becomes crucial to develop um, the young guys like Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards I mean it's, you, you drafted those guys in 2020 they got their feet wet as rookies and it's on now that their development to kind of help offset the loss of Aguilar who was a big play guy throughout all year long in his one season with the Raiders. Yeah, and uh, definitely, um, like you, like you just ma- uh, said, uh, you know, now it does open the door for for uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, you know, more prominent role, but also Brian Edwards, uh, more prominent role. Um, I think that in house, uh, Zay Jones is still in the picture. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back. And you know, let's keep in mind um, if you go fat, you know, uh, rewind the tape. A year ago, uh, Nelson Aguilar is this Raiders, you know, signee that a lot of people were scratching their head over. Uh, I can remember many yep. times fans were like, "Why Nelson Aguilar?" Well, look what he ended up doing on a minimum, you know, veterans minimum deal. Um, you know, this is a wide receiver friendly offense with a quarterback that uh, throws the ball really, really accurately, um, with a great tight end in Darren Waller uh, and speed with Henry Ruggs. Uh, to take pressure off of you, um, this I would imagine that there's wide receivers out there uh, that the Raiders can can tap into if need be uh, in free agency, maybe even after the draft uh, that that would that could excel in this system. I think so too. I think I mean what we saw is there was a litany of opportunity for Nelson Aguilar. It was a big big opportunity for him early in the season, and he built on that and had even more of an opportunity late in the season. It was really a player that they featured in their offense. So um, it wouldn't surprise me if they scanned the market of free agency and uh, to see if there was anybody who was a fit. Like you said, Aguilar was uh, one of the best bargains in all of the league last year based on what he was making. And, and to see somebody else, you know, kind of plug in there and pick up where he left off. Now, I'm not saying that you, you can expect anybody to come in there and duplicate the exact kind of statistical production. But like you said, Benny, given that there is, you know, there is a legitimate established offense here with Darren Waller, in my opinion, one of the best skill position players in the league, um, who's going to draw a lot of attention in his own right? Uh, I think whoever steps up to fill that void, whether it's a free agent, whether it's uh, you know one of the big free agent names like a Juju Smith-Schuster, although I don't, I'm not sure how likely that is at this point, but somebody like that, or whether it's Henry Ruggs sliding into that role and, and emerging kind of as a number one guy, um, based on the way the offense looks and based on the way they play last year, there's going to be a lot of opportunity and I think a lot of room for somebody to make a big time uh, big time impact. Whoever they bring in, whether it's internal or external, given on given what the offense has already established dating back to 2020. Without a doubt. Uh, all right, so uh, we're not even to Wednesday where these things can become official. Uh, so there's, you know, obviously still time now for, uh, for, for the Raiders to continue to make moves. What do you think is up next, if you had to predict? 
Yeah, I mean, I think they could still use the safety, right? Uh, I mean, John Johnson going going to um, your guy, Vinny John Johnson, our guy. I guess we, I guess I can include myself in that uh, as well. But he's with the Browns now, so do you know? Do they go out and get another free safety, uh, somebody that can uh, really thrive uh, covering the middle third in, in the uh, in the cover three system that I think Gus Bradley's probably going to bring to Vegas? Um, maybe what about somebody like Anthony Harris with, with the Vikings? I mean, one of the best coverage safeties in the league. He's amongst the leaders at the position in interceptions the last three years. And at, at 29, I'm um, going to be 30 later this year. I, I still think he has a lot of good football left in him. Are they going to go pursue somebody like him or some, uh, an equivalent player, somebody at that level or around that level to, to put in the defensive backfield? I still think they need a little help there. And then curious to see where they go in the offensive line market too with the, with the restructuring of their offensive line, trading Trent Brown, uh, the, the Denzel Good situation, we, we probably expect him to be back, but when is that going to be solidified? And you know, is that something you address in the draft or on the roster? I think it's it's worth looking in free agency to shore up that offensive line and kind of have an idea of what you're going to go into the season with, even if you are going to draft somebody or, or, or let some competition play out amongst the younger guys on the roster. So defensive backfield is still a need, whether whether that's a safety or whether that's a veteran corner that can push Trayvon Mullen and Damon Arnett. Um, those are those are two areas I think they could really use. Um, help him, but but nonetheless, um, getting Nagakwe, getting Yannick Nagakwe at the value they got him is a great start to building out the defense in a uh, really I think a home run in free agency. All things considered, given given his productivity and given the Raiders' needs, that was a a big time move, and they are off on the right foot. Absolutely. Well, Sam, I uh, appreciate uh, all the help and the insight. Um, I know it's going to be a busy uh, next few days. Uh, uh, stay with it, and uh, you'll be all right. Uh, we'll get through it, uh, but it's a fun time of year, and I know Raider fans are, are hanging on every word. Appreciate the uh, the help. We'll talk to you down the line, my friend. All right, thank you, man. I appreciate you doing the heavy lifting for us. We're going to help you. <laughs> you got it, man. Take care. Uh, that's Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, he helps with uh, Raider coverage and a lot of other things. Uh, you can follow him uh, on Twitter. Uh, I am Sam. Uh, and uh, like you said, uh, a big signing um, for for the first day of free agency for the Raiders. They needed pass rush uh, help. Um, it's it's uh, by the way at by Sam Gordon is the Twitter handle. Uh, they needed pass rush help. They got it on the first day of free agency. Now they can move on to other needs, and I expect the Raiders uh, to be pretty active here over these next 48 hours uh, as the opening of free agency uh, closes in, where you can start making these deals official. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahador. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. What up, what up, what up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Monday. A furious Monday to open free agency. You're in the huddle, Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Quickly out to the Raider Nation listen line. Robert wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Robert? Uh, thanks for taking my call, Benny. Good. Excited about the uh, signing today. Uh, my question for you today is, uh, what do you think of moving Tanner Muse back to safety? Uh, I think the Raiders made a mistake, maybe, in uh, trying to move a guy from safety to linebacker in the middle of a pandemic. What do you think about possibly moving him back to safety and using him as uh, someone who could possibly play behind uh, or play with Jonathan Abrams and maybe mentor behind uh, Richard Sherman or Earl Thomas uh, this year. Yeah, you know, I think in Tanner's case, you're going to see him utilized 
there's going to be like a little bit of a joker role to him where, where you can line him up uh, in various different places. But I think, you know, looking at him uh, last year in training camp, um, I think he profiles much more body-wise uh, at linebacker. And, um, but somebody that's going to be able to be an asset at linebacker because he has that safety profile uh, in college, um, which will help him in terms of uh, defending the pass. You know, you need that speed um, to be able to, to, you know, keep up with tight ends, uh, running backs, um, slot wide receivers sometimes uh, in, that, in that linebacker role. Um, but you also have to be able to stop the run, which he can. So I think he stays at linebacker. I don't think they need his head spinning any more than it was already last year. Uh, but I do think you, you're going to see him lined up all over the field. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Charlie wants to talk about the Raiders. How are you doing, Charlie? Vinny B., good evening, good afternoon. Hey, I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the role of Marcus Mariota last year. First off, I'm a car supporter. That said, with the kind of money that we signed him for last year, I was convinced going into the year they were going to use him in a situational uh, way, sort of like Taysom Hill with the uh, Saints, that he was going to be almost like a designated red zone quarterback. Hard to believe that we spent that kind of money on him strictly in a backup role for a quarterback in Derek Carr who's missed very only a handful of games as a, as a backup. I was shocked when uh, Mariotta uh, finally healed up and he wasn't in there in a situational role. Was that a question you ever asked of Raider Brass? And, what would, uh, and if you did or did not, what's, what are your thoughts about uh, him not being used as a red zone specialist, as, as it were? Well, I think what happened more than anything, um, you know, he got hurt in uh, in training camp, but not just that. He was he brought injuries with him uh, from Tennessee, and I think that last year, um, as it turns out, uh, the bulk of the year was just getting him right, uh, both mentally and physically, physically and mentally, I should say. Um, and by the time he did, and the the Raiders, I, I give him a lot of credit. I know Marcus Mariota would give them a lot of credit for doing this. He gave them, they they gave him time to be able to get it right uh, physically and mentally. And I think by the time he got back, it was just too, really kind of too late in the season to, to forge out any kind of a, a, a you know, role for him. I, I do think that talking to, um, you know, uh, talk to some people, I think there, there's a hope that he'll restructure the contract so they can keep him at a much reduced cost. And if they do, then I think you're going to see him in some roles uh, next year. But pr- part of that is predicated in, on – whether or not they're going to be able to get him uh, brought in at a, at, a, at a more reasonable price. If not, he might get traded or just get released. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Thanks, Charlie, for the call. Uh, we want to talk to Garland. Uh, wants to talk about the Raiders. How are you doing, Garland? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing really good. Thank you. Good. I uh, just want to give a shout-out to my family at Remnant Ministries, who's pastored by uh, Pastor Randall Cunningham, who oh, does nice. work for the Raiders. So just shout-out to the family and I uh, just want to ask you, now that we are, uh, we've got a pass rusher, um, let's say hypothetically speaking, you were going to go in the draft and get a pass rusher, which a lot of us were thinking for the Raider Nation. Where do you go now, and where do you see us getting the most value in the draft now that we have our pass rusher? Yeah, well, I think uh, a couple things. Number one, um, if they can get uh, uh, the defensive tackle, like let's say a uh, Dalvin Tomlinson who's still out there, if they could solidify that one defense, defensive tackle spot through free agency with a with a player of the caliber, caliber of Tomlinson, then I think it changes the whole dynamic of your defense uh, with that 17th pick. And it also um, what happens at free safety. 
But if you if you really can secure some of your defensive needs through free agency, then in the draft, it's a really deep draft for offensive tackles. Um, and I could see the Raiders, if they can address their defensive needs through free agency, uh, filling Trent Brown's role with a good young stud, def- uh, you know, offensive tackle. We saw guys come in, even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, the the player that they drafted, Tristan. I'm uh, losing his last name here for a second, but he, uh, the the tackle from I believe Tristan I works. believe it was yeah from Iowa, just was a lockdown day one starter, and um, you know uh, right off the bat. And so if the Raiders can get their hands on somebody like that, and this is a deep draft for offensive tackles, uh, to me that's where I would go. But first, it's predicated on getting those defensive needs squared away through free agency. I really appreciate the call, uh, Garland. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listener line, Ross E in Australia. How you doing, Ross? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing really good, thank you. Uh, I like uh, I like the move uh, for uh, for Yannick. It also means that. Uh, we could have got that last year, uh, but we would have no first-round draft pick. So we're uh, standing pat and patient was really good. I actually wanted to, to throw a couple of other names at you, and unfortunately, Corey Davis has just been uh, signed by the Jets, and I thought that uh, he would have done really well in, uh, in, in that position. Um, but uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts about uh, Trey Boston, uh, played under Gus Bradley, uh, Charges in 1718. Uh, obviously, and then to, to the cards. And the other guy that we haven't really spoken about just yet is, even though we know he's in the building, is, is Carl Long hanging around? Uh, is he going to uh, replicate that? Yeah, um, a couple things. Uh, Trey, Bra- Trey Boston, uh, not uh, averse to, uh, to Dre- Trey Boston. Um, Anthony Harris is still out there. Uh, not sure what the price tag is going to be, but, you know, by. by Getting in Gogwe at the uh, at the price tag that they did, uh, it, it it really creates some flexibility now to address some other needs. So uh, Anthony Harris uh, again not averse to Trey Boston whatsoever. Uh, Kyle Long, uh, he was in for a visit today uh, in Las Vegas, and question with him is where is he health wise? Uh, no question, he can play. Uh, over the first what three four years of his career, he was a three time Pro Bowler with the Chicago Bears. But from 2016 to 2019, this guy who played 10 games over three seasons uh, because of various injuries and, and surgeries and whatnot. So uh, before you you know make a make an investment like that, uh, you got to figure out and find out where he is health wise. If he's good to go uh, at a reasonable price, absolutely, he's a definite upgrade. But that health is a really really big concern. Uh, uh, but we'll, you know, we'll see. And I, I haven't heard anything on how the how the visit went. Uh, we're at five o'clock uh, Pacific Coast time. I know the Raiders have been busy with free agency, but they also host Kyle on a visit. Uh, haven't heard anything yet on where it went. But uh, again, health is a real, real, real uh, concern that you have to be uh, certain about. Uh, thanks for the calls. We're going to get back to them uh, on the other side. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bonsignor. 